Hello and welcome to the bonus podcast. The bonus post-to-post podcast. My name's Neil. You're Brent. I am. Uh, this is not our typical plan. We usually only talk about hockey. But I thought it would be an interesting idea for us to have a more casual conversation about stuff that's not hockey-related. Uh, so if you're listening or watching to this bonus podcast, expecting to hear hockey, um, there won't be any. So if you'd like to leave now, you're, you're more, than, more than welcome. Uh, but if you like us as people and you want to have some laughs with us, then uh, I hope you stick around because there's going to be some interesting questions. And, and that's what this is all about. I have some questions for you. And I'm totally unaware of what's about to happen. Yeah, so. you have no idea. You're, you have no uh, prior knowledge of any of these questions, total on-the-spot stuff. So hopefully we can have some, some interesting conversations and people can learn a little bit more about you because that's what people want to do. You have a very interesting life. Apparently, because you got get a lot of love on the internet. I, I'm surprised. You're a man of many talents. I'm surprised. Your radio history and your ham radio stuff and your pilot stuff and you're, you're an author and other former careers that I won't mention. <laughs> yeah, best best left untalked about. Best left, yeah. Nothing illegal. Just, no, no, uh, yeah, nothing legal. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go through these questions for you. Alrighty. Question number one, and I don't remember who asked these, but they're all from Patreon members. Really? Would you ever officiate a marriage between two post-to-post fans? And I don't know if officiate's the right word, but... Yeah, the... And you'd have to wear a ref, a ref jersey. A ref jersey. So officiating the marriage, that's settling a dispute among two people that are already <laughs> married or actually performing the ceremony for people to get married. Yeah, you're the guy up in the middle okay. saying all the stuff and making them kiss and whatnot. Sure, I'd love to do that. That'd be great fun. Now, of course, in order to do that legally, you need to have With some that comes a license. kind of blessing, a yeah. license of some sort. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. If, if two people were post-to-post fans and, and were crazy enough to want me to be there, because I hear the tips are great and that kind of work. And, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that'd be all right. Uh, I'm sure it's not too hard to uh, to get that. I think you can do it online for a small fee. Yeah, and it might be a jurisdictional thing too. If they're both in Missouri or they're both in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, that might be complicated. It could be a ship's captain. I think they can. Yeah, or I could do it. Well, see, I'd be a ship's captain if I was flying them. If they're in the back seat, I could uh, marry them while I'm flying. Mm, I'd probably not. <laughs> I think you'd have to visually witness it, and so you'd have to get a rear view mirror or something. Mm-hmm. That, that's cool. <laughs> that's I could do that. Just put the whole thing in a GoPro. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> be all right. And then you could just shut off the engine and then yeah. pretend like they're, you're going down. Yeah, could do that. See what they really have to say to each other. <laughs> this was the stupidest idea, you idiot. Yeah. And I'd have to stipulate that there's no honeymoon activity until we land. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. this is not a combination marriage and Mile High Club exactly. event at the same time. Also, the plane is... Not uh, spacious enough for any of those activities. Not your play, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. No. Yeah. Um, Thoughts, general thoughts on the Winter Olympics so far? I have, I think general thoughts are my own personal disappointment in not being able to watch as much as I normally would. Mm -hmm. If If the Olympics were in Europe or even in the Americas, it would be easier for me time zone wise to watch the Olympics. I don't like watching things that aren't live unless I'm in control of the playback. That's true. So like t- for me to turn on the evening, you know, on a weeknight and see figure skating or luge or 
whatever. It's just not the same if it's not happening live for me. I just, I, I'm far less interested because yeah, I know I could go online. The time change is, is difficult for sure. It's difficult, but that's democracy. It's somewhere, it's midnight somewhere, everywhere. Yeah. You know, and it's the same when the Olympics are here and, and well, yeah. all those countries over there have to deal with the same yeah. thing. It's only fair. So in past Olympics, I've paid more attention. There are certain sports I love to watch. But what sports don't you love to watch? I don't like figure skating and I, nothing against it. I just don't think. Uh, I don't think of figure skating as, as a, as a sport more so than a, an entertainment event. Uh, and, and that's very unpopular view, I'm sure. But no, I actually agree yeah. with that. I don't like figure skating at all. I'm I, not saying it shouldn't be an Olympic event, but I, I think I'm allowed to not watch it. I trolled a few people in discord just ever so briefly. And, uh, oh. I, I baited them into Google searching something. I asked them if they heard about the new sport that was implemented this year, winter darts. <laughs> someone, someone fell for it. I think it was T-Park. Sorry to call you at T-Park. I think it was you. But <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. I'd watch winter darts too. I would definitely watch oh, winter I darts. Said, winter long darts is that's what I said. Oh, lawn darts. Okay. No, long darts. Not long. La- not lawn darts. Long darts. What are long darts? You just throw them longer. Oh. I tried to make it really implausible. Is that a word? Implausible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure yeah. is. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, dear. No, there's there's sport. I love the... What about the one where they ski and then shoot and then ski? That's biathlon. Yeah. Who does that? Like, we watched... What's his name? We watched a video the day. I guess yeah. I complained about that. But wh- who, wh- where do you see that in real life where someone skis and shoots and... Th- I, yeah. I, I don't know where it comes from originally, but I do know that there is a long history in Scandinavia in particular of... Uh, military ski operating mm-hmm. uh, yeah that you, goes that goes back a long way mm-hmm. yeah and uh, there's there's actually a really good movie that i watched a few times as a kid and pardon me if i'm getting the title wrong but it's something like the heroes of telemark or something like that and it's about i think the norwegian resistance to german occupation and they were ski mounted uh, resistance fighters that, that skied and, and shot. And, uh, so I, now I have, don't know if there's any relationship between that and the eventual development of the sport of biathlon, never know. but biathlon is, uh, one of the sports that can be fairly popular even here. And they do biathlon here in PEI. They do practice. Really? Yes, they do. They, in fact, air cadets, in fact, one of the air cadets who does biathlon is in my, uh, night school class when I do uh, ground school for a pilot license. Hmm. And he's on the biathlon team, if I'm not mistaken. And the Nova Scotia air cadets come over to PEI to train because this is the best facility for them. They go to the uh, Brook, Brookvale, is Brookvale, it? Brookvale, yeah. Yeah, there's a cross-country ski area, plus there's also a regular mm-hmm. downhill skiing area. But they have a target range and everything at the cross-country ski site. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's move on to the next question. Okay. I said this wasn't going to be hockey-related, but this is hockey-related. How much money would it take you to become a Leafs fan? Um, like serious to make me actually believe in the Leafs. Yeah. Like I, if, so, I, if someone actually was like, tell me the number, like a legitimate number, serious question. But, but being a Leafs fan doesn't matter. And I know what you're going to say, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. If fake it. Yeah. If you have to fake it, then you have to fake it. But how much? Oh, to fake it? Yeah. Like even if I didn't have to really believe it, just yeah. to pretend on for the purposes of the public that I'm cheering sure. for the Leafs now, wouldn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm almost cheering for them now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very close. Uh, and I will never con- consider myself a Leafs fan. I'll always be a Montreal Canadiens fan to the day I die, and maybe for a while after that. And but. I think that um, 
not just with the Leafs, but with other teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't watch as much as hockey as I am, or I do. Nobody sorry. does. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> there, there are people out there. Bob McKenzie does not watch as much hockey as you do. I swear. I know he doesn't. Cool. He, he can't. Um, who is it on Hockey Central? That John Shannon, I think. Yeah. He has, in his house, he has like six TVs in his basement. He's and my he, hero. And he, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Yeah. But I want to I want to uh, chime in on something that Shannon said on Hockey Guy. He said since he started the channel, he's come to appreciate more teams, and um, I think I like I'm kind of one of the only people who can relate to him in that way because mm-hmm. I've gone through the same thing. I used to hate Boston because I'm a Montreal fan. I used to hate Toronto because I'm a Montreal fan. I used to hate Philadelphia because I'm a Montreal fan. Now, since I've started the channel, I have so much more appreciation for, for other teams. I don't hate any teams now. Mm-hmm. Me there, too. There are teams I dislike. Yeah. There, I, there are not no teams that I hate. There are no teams that I refuse to watch. I watch all teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I like you, it probably wouldn't take much for, for money for me to cheer for, for another team if I, if I had to fake it. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how believable my acting would be. But, you know, Montreal is clearly in the depths of a dismal period of time that's going to last a couple of years and I'm quite content to not cheer for anybody other than Montreal Mm -hmm. I really don't care like when Montreal isn't doing well I just don't care as much about the whole sport Mm. which I think probably is the experience of a lot of fans that go through the same totally but because really because of your involvement in this and my involvement by extension in this kind of work want to call it that um, I'm paying more attention than I would ever have paid before given everything else being the same. Montreal mm. being where they are, if this was five years ago, I would be just not even caring. I wouldn't even be watching games or looking at the standings. But now I do because I'm genuinely, not only for the purposes of sounding half intelligent when I come on here, but I am more interested just <laughs> totally, because yeah. I have so much more exposure to hockey through you. So, yeah. yeah. You are, uh, you're interested by association. I am. I am. Next question. You ready for it? I guess I, if I'm not, it doesn't. Just, this one's tough. No. Do you think Crosby looks like a beefcake porn star from the 80s? No. <laughs> really? I do. <laughs> so is that your question? No, it's not my question, <laughs> but I agree with it, yeah. Really? Because... He's just got this, like, dark curly hair and... And it's not, like, I know exactly what Sidney Crosby looks like, but I honestly don't know what a beefcake <laughs> porn star from the 80s looks like. So I, I'm not trying to be funny there. I really don't know what... All right. Like... I'll, I'll accept that answer. <laughs> Next question. Okay. What are your thoughts on Brussels sprouts? Hate them. Why? I hate them. They're miniature cabbages, in my view. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a miniature cabbage that has nowhere near the same size, but every bit as much of the bad taste. They're awful. I used to eat them as a kid. I'm not going to say I was made to eat them because my mother didn't stand behind me with a nine millimeter pistol to my temple and force me that way. Mm-hmm. But I was expected to eat what was on my plate and Brussels sprouts were occasionally on my plate. And no matter how much butter I put on them, no matter how little breathing I did through my nose when <laughs> I was eating them, yeah. they were frigging awful. So to all the Brussels sprouts farmers out there, I apologize. Mm. Was it, was it? Was it Obama who said... George Bush. Oh, yeah, it was George Bush. W. And it was about... Broccoli. Broccoli, yes. Broccoli <laughs> said, I'm the president. If I don't want to eat broccoli, I don't have to eat broccoli. Yeah. And he and pissed off... The like... broccoli farmers went nuts. <laughs> but it was so it was so 
perfect it for was. me. Like yeah. I'm the president, damn it. And when I was a little kid, my mother made me eat broccoli, and I didn't like it. And now I can say no because I'm the I'm the leader of the world. Yeah, man. it's great. <laughs> uh, next question. One sport you would like to learn more about? Wow, that's a very good question. There's I think I think I might be able to answer this for you. Try cricket. Yeah, I was thinking cricket, mainly based on just recently the, on the, one the of our previous uh, conversations that we've had, and yeah, yeah, and and I noticed by the way, uh, one of the commentators underneath uh, that particular video we had done, and that's on more post to post, on more way. post to post. Sorry, explained the scoring rules of cricket. Mm, yes. To some degree, not everything, but, and, and then someone else chimed in with, you know, how they do these like days long test matches, right. you know, days and days and how many overs and all that. Yeah. I'd like to know more about that. I think another one I'd have to add is Australian rules football, the AFL. Oh yeah, yes, definitely. I'd, yeah. I'd like to know a little bit more about how that all works. Cause it, to me, it just looks like bedlam. Mm. It looks like a bunch of people just slamming into each other. What sport do you have no interest in whatsoever? Hmm. I'm trying to think of a sport that I just absolutely... For me, it's, I think it's boxing. Yeah, I think I'd have to put boxing like there, if, but... Unless someone really big is fighting, but just to watch like the average mm-hmm. boxing match, I just... Mm. And I think, and I, you can agree or disagree, I have a question for you. Do you think any interest in boxing is diminished now because of things like UFC? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because when you want to see people going at it in, a, in, a, in fast motion and really putting it to each other. You're going to want to watch UFC well, I want to, I want to see or martial hurt. arts. I want to, like it, it's like a car crash. Yeah. It's like NASCAR is the perfect example. You love NASCAR, you watch it because it's racing. Mm-hmm. I watch NASCAR because I want to see crashes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Daytona 500 is coming up tomorrow. And okay. there's, there's going to be a big one. There's going to be a big one. There always is at the super speedways. Talladega and Daytona. In the last be. 10 laps? Uh, on, a, on a restart? Well, yeah, there's going to be at least a little one in the last 10 laps, <laughs> yeah. but maybe with 30 to go or 40 to go, there's going to be a big one. Mm. Someone's so, going to try and make a move. And yeah, I'll, I'll be taping it so you can come down when it, when it happens. <sighs> but I think that would be one. There are sports that I really have, like if, if they're on, some, some, like even talking golf, for instance. Ugh. I'll watch the Masters if there's a good story. There's too much walking in golf. There's too much walking. But the skill some of these players have. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's incredible it's what they can do. Yeah. Dustin Johnson and people that are like some of the younger superstar players now. Fantastic it's, what they can do. So the chipping, some of the chipping that mm-hmm. they do is, is unbelievable. But the putting and the height difference on the, some of the greens, uh, it's just yeah. like I, they'll, the, the hole will be here. And for the audio listeners, it's going to be hard for you to visualize this. But the hole will be here and the ball will be here. And they'll like shoot it up like this and curl it like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they play the angles. They, they, it's their, amazing. Their brain is just wired to understand physics of yeah. balls. Yeah, it's it's really quite something. Uh, I have, I think if there's a sport I really don't like to watch, it's basketball. Really? Yeah, I just, I, I can't connect with basketball. If I have to pick one that I just would definitely tune away immediately. It's basketball. Now, if it's the final four, NCAA, college ball, and it's a big story, you mm-hmm. know, it's Duke playing some team that's not supposed to be there, and they're the underdog and all that, I can watch that. that I can get interested in uh, that. I don't mind ball. 
Yeah, but an NBA game, like they, we have a, a local semi-pro, or I guess they're pro basketball team here in Charlottetown. I've never been to a game. I never expect I'll ever be at a game. But I know people who love it and go all the time, mm-hmm. and, and they think it's the greatest I'd, thing. I'd like to go. I, I, I like watching uh, NBA mm-hmm. playoffs. I was going to say finals, but I do the playoffs, mm-hmm. not so much the regular season at all. Uh, I could care less. Uh, how do you feel about ping pong? It just goes too fast for me. I used to play fairly competitive ping pong. Badminton. Badminton? I'm amazed at it, but watching it? No, probably I not. love badminton. Oh, really? I love On it. TV, maybe There's watching very it? few sports that I'm good at. Badminton is one of those sports. Mm-hmm. Badminton and hockey. The rest of the sports? Mm-mm. Yeah. Like baseball, I can throw far mm-hmm. and fast, but I can't bat at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I n- could never do it, but I just, badminton is just amazing. Hmm. I, I love it. I love everything about it. Really? Yeah. Um, we'll move on. Okay. You're going to like this question. What is your favorite type of cloud? And you cannot say cumulonimbus. Oh, well, you're just ruining it. I'm, I'm making you think. Okay. I'll say alto cumulus castellanus. <laughs> I don't know what that one is. It's a, it's a cumulus cloud but at a fairly high altitude, oh. and they, they're they very vertical. They're like a cumulonimbus, but there's no rain coming out of them, and they're not low. So if I can't pick a cumulonimbus, I'm going to pick a cloud that looks as much like one at a moderate altitude of like ten or 15,000 feet. Okay, yeah, yeah. And castellanus means they're shaped like castles, like they're tall with parapets. Well, that reminds me of my favorite cloud, which uh, is a lenticular cloud. Oh, yes, indeed. An alto, cum, alto cumulus lenticularis, if that's what you want to call it. I think that's the right term for it. I don't think there'd be any cumulus lenticularis, but... Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain. Most of them would be stratus clouds, but hey. I'd, I'm, I'd bet money. Okay. I'd bet a free supper. Ooh. Free supper tonight. It's on. It's on? All right, deal. I'm going to say lenticularis clouds are stratus, and you're going to say they're cumulus. Yep. But and even if there can be a cumulus lenticularis cloud, I'll give it to you. Okay, deal. Deal. But it's an it's an interesting cloud because oh, yeah. of the way it forms, mm-hmm. and ninety eight percent of the people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you are near a Googler, get on the Google machine and type in lenticular cloud. It's a cloud that forms vertically over eddies in the air, basically, like mm-hmm. and over a mountain or a structure or something, and it looks like. A f- bunch of flying saucers kind of yeah, on, looks on like a UFO. Yeah, yeah, it's just hanging in the sky sometimes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're very cool and and hard to, hardly ever seen in this part of the world. Yes, because we yeah. don't have the mechanical turbulence, we don't have the uh, advection mm. that you need to have the vertical movement of air up over terrain that will often lead to these types of clouds. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So you're a man who's uh, training for Jeopardy. <laughs> I'm always in training for Jeopardy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's my hopes that I am right on our previous bet and that that question eventually comes up on Jeopardy and you get it right because I taught you something for the second time in my life. I would. Ha- oh, you've so taught a, me many more no, things than ver- that. It's a very rare event when I can teach you something. I would share some of the money with you. If, it, if, it, <laughs> if that lines up like that, I will share some of the prize with you. Deal. <laughs> I have registered, you know, for the next round. Yeah, I, I, I released that information on 
on some, the Patreon Discord chat. Oh, did you? Yeah, they're yeah. very excited for you. Yeah, I, I've so far in the online tests to become a contestant, to become even a, an auditioner, I have not yet succeeded. And it's not necessarily due to marks. Like they don't tell you how they pick you. It could be my face. <laughs> well, I've seen some faces on Jeopardy. It ain't your face. Okay, <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of already discussed this a little bit, but feel free to answer it pretty quickly. Where all have you traveled? Oh, cool. I've traveled to all three countries in North America, which is Canada, the United States, and Mexico, if you want to just talk international travel. And on a couple of cruises, I now can incorporate some Caribbean islands into that. St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Bahamas. Bahamas, uh, Also Honduras. Roatan would be Honduras. That would count. Um, Cayman Islands for me. I love Grand Cayman. Of all the places I've been to, it's probably my favorite. Unbelievable. It's 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 got the nicest water. The water's beautiful, and it's tucked in underneath Cuba, so just south of Cuba, so it's protected somewhat from the colder water and the, and the Crime is, climate. Crime is lower there compared mm-hmm. to most of the other islands. Yeah, it's very British, mm-hmm. so they drive on the opposite side of the road that we're used to. So when you step out <laughs> off the sidewalk, you better be looking the yeah. other way. <laughs> I almost got caught there. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a walk along Five Mile Beach, which was wonderful. You know how mm-hmm. long that took? Um, it was about... And about three hours altogether. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was a long walk. Your mother was going shopping and going back to the ship. I was so going to guess 60 minutes one way, but yeah, I guess it, I was really off. Yeah, well, I don't walk five miles an hour, so because Five Mile Beach is actually five miles long, so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But I, I went on a long walk. I was actually geocaching. I had... Where uh, would you hide a geocache on a beach? Well, at the other end of Five Mile Beach, there was a little road that turned off, and there was uh, a couple of geocaches just up the street, hidden under a sign or something. I forget whether I even found it or not. I think I found one of them. Yeah, and then I walked back. Jamaica, too. They drive on the Do they? opposite side of... Place I've never been to is Jamaica. I thought I'd hate it. Loved it. Really? One of the one of the best places I've been... Stop that. Were uh, you just at Ocho Rios, like a, the y- cruise port area? No, but I went in an hour into Jamaica. Ooh. I did the... You're oh, brave. What's it called? Some waterfalls. And then I did some... I did some caves. Like I was deep into some caves. Um, mm-hmm. I saw a lot. I saw a lot in Jamaica. Like I was. It took an hour to get to where we were going. Um, I thought. I thought I'd hate it. I thought I'd be feel uncomfortable. Uh, people were great. It was. You know, you drive through some sketchy places. Mm-hmm. You do everywhere. Um, but the tour, the tour person was amazing. Cool. Uh, people were really, really nice. That's good. I would love to go back to Jamaica, for sure. Yeah. I have no desire. I know people like yourself and, and some other friends of mine that have been there, mainly just to resorts, like, you know, the Club Med thing, they, where they mm. stay on site. They don't really travel too much, and they're okay. But Jamaica's going through a lot of problems right now, mm. crime-wise. They've got some martial law going on in some neighborhoods and some cities because things are just out of hand. It's too yeah, bad. I mean, and the resorts there, they have armed guards with assault rifles. Yeah, that's, that's, that's scary. Tough. But that's been going on. When I went to Acapulco, Mexico in 1978 uh, mm. on a trip as a youth. Is that the earthquake trip? Yes, it was the earthquake trip. Uh, we had armed police going up and down in Jeeps, right up and down the main drag in mm. Acapulco along the beach with open Jeeps, and they're sitting in the back with submachine guns just back and forth and back and forth, and that's frightening. When I went to Playa del Carmen in Mexico, uh, I was going to the mine, some mine ruins, and... Uh, we get onto the bus that took us onto the highway. And just before we get onto the highway, there was an OG original Hummer there with the top cut out 
with a guy with a, like a 50 caliber like Gatling gun on the top and assault people like in the on the sides people with assault rifles hanging off the door and it was like it didn't say police on it it didn't say army on it or anything like that like it, I think it was but it didn't say it and it was like holy crap and they were looking around and off to the right of that was this it looked like a horse trailer but it was a jail it was a mobile jail and in the on the back i'll show a picture of it in this video because i have it in the back it was the the back door is painted green i think and you saw hands coming out of of the through the slats or mm -hmm. whatever and his eyes through one of the holes and i got like a close-up picture of it oh really and it's just like I've never seen Whoa. that. That's like wow. the things you see mm -hmm. in other countries is just like I don't know if it was like a mobile drunk tank, drunk tank, or mm -hmm. something like that. But wow, yeah, it was interesting. But I Mexico, I love Mexico. Like I don't know what the crime is like in Playa del Carmen, or it's very what, geographically specific in Mexico. I've been to Mexico City, been to Texco, Cuernavaca, all the way down towards Acapulco. But that was a long time ago. Things have changed. Were so you in Costa Maya? No, just only to on the. Caribbean side, I've only been to Cozumel, and that's it. Have you been to Belize? Yes. Did you like it? No. I hated it. No. I, I, yeah, I didn't like Belize at all. Yeah, the, the ship can't get in close enough to dock, so you have to go in on tender, a tender. Yeah. And you, you get off in the tender, and you're in a walled-in tourist market area. Yeah, you and can't even, like, it, you, 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 you don't can't dare, even look yeah. to see what's outside. It's almost like the Berlin Wall. Yeah. You can get out if you want to, and there's people out there hanging on the fence saying, please come on out, we can take you for a drive, you know, and they want mm -hmm. to take you around the, the, the town. And some people probably do that, and I wasn't having any of that. Mm. I, I want to get back in one piece. And uh, so I, I was only there maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and I got on a tender and back to the ship. Like, okay, I'll get that off my bucket list. I'm mm. done. Now, outside of town, there's other people who live in Belize, further south of the Belize city, right. who have, you know, small homes that are in a much nicer area or quieter area, and they're, they're happy as clams down there. Good for them, but it's not my thing. Mm. No. Um, you haven't been to Haiti, right? No, I have not. Uh, I was to Haiti. I really liked it. I didn't just stay in the area. So was it just Labadee Island you were yeah, at? Yeah, it was, but I took a boat over. Oh, to the mainland? To, to a, the, to, yeah, to to a the main part. island, I guess, yeah. And it was like a little village, and they showed you how they made stuff and, oh, okay. and whatever. It was, uh, I think it was a little disconnected to like a normal village. It was like a stage village maybe a little bit. Probably. But yeah. it was outside of the the thing. It was... It was interesting. Hmm. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I don't think it was a true experience of Haiti. I think it was more staged than anything. But sure, uh, it was it was way more than I would have saw it sitting on a beach in, in Labadee or whatever. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful there. I'd love to go back to to Haiti. Wow, and experience it for for real in a I, safer a safe place. I haven't been to Haiti, the Dominican Republic. Have not been to Cuba. But, so, but, but go ahead. We were in Saint Martin. We were. We rented a car in St. We Martin did. Because we wanted to risk our lives to see a once-in-a-lifetime experience almost. Uh, For the, us, yeah. The this, this St. Martin Airport, I don't know the name of it. Maho Beach. Yeah, Maho Beach. It's uh, it's Princess Christiana Airport or something like that, Juliana Airport. And uh, that's the airport that has the planes come right over top of you. And I don't even know if that's a thing anymore after that 
recent hurricane season. That Maho Beach got torn up badly uh, in the hurricanes. So. Torn up badly. And the airport itself was uh, damaged considerably. Oh, it took yeah. days and days to get s- even anything in and out of there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's back to normal now. They would just have to plow the sand out of off the runway and, and stuff. But it was, it was bad. They'd bring in dump trucks and all kinds of stuff, because that's a huge tourist. Oh. Like, mass. It's like Anna Green Gables of Prince Edward <laughs> Island. Yeah. <basically>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's huge. And... They have seven, you know, it's a Dutch colony in the south part of the island and a French colony in the north part, but mm. the, the airport's on the Dutch side. So KLM is the big airline in and out of there, right yeah. from Holland. And they have like daily 747 service in and out of St. Martin. It's crazy. It's amazing. I saw an interesting, was there was there a plan to have like 36 provinces at one point? Uh, it's news to me. I saw an article that, said, what if this plan happened or something like that? And there was 36 Canadian provinces. Hmm. So Never saw that. British Columbia was still British Columbia, but Vancouver Island was a province. That was the name of the province. Prince Edward Island was still a province. Hmm. New Brunswick, I think, was still a province. But the northern part of New Brunswick and the tip of Quebec, that was called like Acadia. Okay. And... uh, Alberta, no, sorry. Saskatchewan and Manitoba were split in two. And then of the two lower halves, they all conjoined us to one, and that was called Buffalo. The Toronto area was t- Toronto. That was the pro- what the province was called, Toronto. Did they keep them in Canada? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think we even had part of the United States or something like that, like parts of Maine and like northern... New York State, I think a little bit, and anyways, it was, it was wild. Hmm. But I'll have to send you the link. It's yeah. it's interesting. But y- you know where I thought you were going with that, if because we were talking about the Caribbean, Turks and Caicos. Yeah, Turks and Caicos Islands. Back in the 1970s, there was a play. There was a play to incorporate them into part of Canada because they needed medical support down there, and they wanted us to build a hospital or something like that and f- help fund their... I think the main thing was a desalination plant. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they had trouble yeah. They have trouble getting fresh water mm. because they don't have an aquifer of groundwater that's reliable, right. obviously, surrounded by ocean. So, yeah, part of the deal was we would build a desalination plant, which would use basically lots of energy to boil seawater into steam and then mm-hmm. uh, take that off, distill that out and make fresh water out of it. That's, that can't be cheap. Can't be cheap, but what a missed opportunity oh, man. for Canada. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. And I think there are still some people who are behind the scenes, you know, hoping that happens. I'm one of them. If any politician came up and, s- and said that they were running for prime minister and that was one of their main goals, absolutely, I'd, they'd I'd, have I'm my in. vote instantly. I'm in. I don't care what else they wanted to do. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what party they're from. I don't care anything else. Yeah. You make Turks and Caicos a part of Canada. I'm in. I'm down. I'm down. I'm definitely down. And to me, that would be number one priority. And it's a beautiful island as well. It kind is. Kind of like Grand Cayman. Yeah. And there's uh, all kinds of opportunities there for, and there, Canadians already visit oh, there yeah. a lot. Uh, Grand Turk Island itself, I think is the main thing. And there's lots of room. Like it's, it's mm. not a huge geographical place, but you could use it quite efficiently and have lots more, uh, lots more activity mm. there. And they would take Canadian money and uh, that'd be great. I have a question for you on the same topic. Mm-hmm. What big American city would you like to visit that you haven't visited before? Like, have you been to Chicago? 
Uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. downtown Chicago? Yep. Drove right up the Dan Ryan Expressway a couple of times. Have you been to Houston? No. Have you been to Dallas? No. Have you been to Los Angeles? No, I haven't. I think... San Francisco? No, I haven't been to California oh, right, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. California. You have, I have not. Mm. That's one thing I guess we never finished on the Where You Been tour. Uh, been to Nevada, Arizona, in the in the far west of the U.S., and mm. that's it, really. Or Washington State, yeah, but that's about all. I think if, based on a, on a drive I took the other day, when I went on a business trip to Moncton for the day, uh, for a round of meetings with uh, one of our corporate partners in, in the department I work for, the guy that was traveling with me, he was a colonel in the Canadian Air Force, mm-hmm. and he was stationed in Colorado Springs for three years. And he said so many nice things about Colorado and so many nice things about Denver. I'm telling you. And Colorado Springs. And, and I didn't tell him this, but I knew it already was your favorite state. I've done uh, so much research on Colorado. And he said it was the most beautiful uh, place he's ever, and he's lived in a lot of different places, you know, being in the Air Force and a lot of different spots in the U.S. too. But he thought Colorado was just unbelievable. So I, based on his recommendation and your recommendation, I think if I had to visit one city, it might be Denver right now. Yeah, I I just, I love Colorado. It's kind of so many shades of Canada mm-hmm. in it. And uh, it just, it's in a good part of the, of the world. You're not going to get any tsunamis. You're not going to get many tornadoes. I'm sure they get the odd tornado parts of Colorado, maybe, on a rare occasion. Well, yeah, there's some prairie. He also said, this is my my companion when we were going on this trip, he also said that there's a lot of desert in Colorado, and there's lots of cactus and other kinds of stuff there Mm. up in the plains. So Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Very diverse landscape Mm -hmm. in in Colorado, yeah. That's probably one of the reasons why I like it so much. And he says the the earth there is redder than PEI. Really? Yeah. Hmm. A lot of red. Um, Colorado. It means red, right? Does it? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's like, a, it's named after like a red river or a red earth or something, I think. I guess it. Colorado. Red. Oh, because they have the Red Rock Auditorium there. Or the, it's the it's the natural best acoustic place oh, yeah. it's in between like two big rocks and there's they've made seats and stuff it's like cool. red rock something there's been huge concerts there and stuff no not ringing a, no, no. not a bit okay next question <laughs> <clears throat> how did you learn to communicate via morse code oh well it's in the 80s right back in the 80s <clears throat> excuse me back then you had to have morse code to get your ham radio license so you had to know how to send and receive Morse code. They would, you'd have an exam. They would send you Morse code. You would write it down and hand it in. They would mark it. And if you had, you know, 85% correct or however many errors or less, then you got your, your mm. exam passed. And you also had to send Morse code. They gave you a text. You had to send it to them at a certain speed, and they would grade you. And if you passed, you passed. And then there was the technical part of the exam, which... You know, you have to know circuitry and how radios work. I did draw diagrams of radios and put all the stages in the right order mm. and do all that. Nowadays, you don't have to do Morse code or drawing diagrams. You just, it's multiple choice only. You can do Morse code if you want, but you don't have to. Interesting. So that's how I did it. And uh, at first, I think it's safe to say I learned Morse code because I wanted my license, but I didn't really want to do Morse code. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn it. 
But once I learned it, I started using it, and I liked it. Kind of like parallel parking when you go through your driver's <clears throat> test. Yeah. About 75 to 80% of people have no intentions of ever <laughs> parallel parking because it's so stressful, but they got to do it to pass the test. That's right. At least in Canada. I don't know what it is like in the States. <laughs> That's right. Um, what can we do as a community to ensure the existence of our grandchildren? Ensure the existence of our grandchildren? I'm not we talking have, about the mechanics of well, like of it. to make them exist, you gotta. I'm not talking. Got to make whoopee. Yeah, but, uh, I'm not talking about bumping uglies here. I'm talking about like ensure globally the, to protect the future for our grandchildren. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Or? Okay. Well, I think we have to change our view of how we use energy. I think that's one of the biggest things. I think that's. Um, I think everyone knew that that was coming in the vehicle industry switching from petrol or gasoline to battery mm -hmm. i think it happened a lot earlier than people were expecting and i think it's because of people like elon musk mm. who yeah. has really started that entire kind of boom i guess and uh i think it's i think it's really important i think that i mean 10 years from now we could be looking at a percentage of 30% of electric vehicles. Like they're, they're really gaining speed and popularity. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think vehicles, but also homes, you know, oh, yeah. how we, and Elon Musk is dealing with that too. He's built these funk, funky sh shingles that yeah. are actually solar panels at the same time. And I'm interested in all of that. I think that's great. Now, there are different reasons why people are interested in, in doing these kinds of innovations in, in energy consumption and development. Mm -hmm. Some of it's because they're in a panic about greenhouse gases and global warming and all of that. Um, from the branch of science that I follow, which is more solar research and that kind of thing, I know, and we all know, that there have been ice ages in the past and there have been times of very hot weather in the past, mm -hmm. long before men and women were walking the earth and building campfires and and coal plants in China. So there's there's a bit of a debate and it's still not closed yet about how much we're actually, how much of global warming is our fault versus how much of it is just happening anyway. And that will never be settled to everybody's satisfaction, but. I don't, I can't really make a claim to this because I wasn't born in the 70s, but I thought I remember reading one time that in the 70s they thought they were approaching another ice age because yeah. winter was becoming so bad in the 70s that the scientists thought that maybe we're entering another ice age. Do you remember that? Am I wrong there? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't remember that being uh, a big panic or anything. That's for mm -hmm. sure. I don't remember it really. But there was a period of time in the 1800s where the summers, they called it the Little Ice Age. I think it's the early 1800s, like 1830s, 1840s, where even in the summer, in places where it usually got hot, it just didn't. And winters were longer and summers were shorter. And it went on for a couple of decades before things started to come around again. So this has been happening on and off for millions of years. Mm. And we can use the climate excuse to probably attribute that to the extinction of the dinosaurs and everything else that has been along since then. Usually it's a climate event of some kind that will get rid of the mastodons or whatever. So mm. ice ages come and go. And I, not that I'm saying that we shouldn't do all we're doing to reduce carbon. Like, well, I think that's a good thing. Even if the majority of, of us are wrong in saying that global warming, I think the majority 
the consensus is global warming is a thing that is, no is from us or whatever. Yeah. Even if that's wrong, all the secondary stuff that happens because of the, all this research is almost just as important as as because there's been so there's been so many important discoveries in mm-hmm. in in humankind <clears throat> from trying to do other things. And then that brings me to the second half of the argument why we should do all the things we're doing to reduce our reliance on carbon. And that is the economic side of things because for as long as we rely on carbon, we're going to rely on other countries for the provision of that carbon to mm-hmm. us, whether that's Venezuela, whether that's the Middle East. If we, if our economic future is tied to those countries' ability to deliver oil to us or intentions to withhold oil from us in the future for whatever reason, then we're a slave to their decision-making. And the less we rely on that, the better off we are. Canada is the United States' largest oil producer that exports oil to the United States. Mm-hmm. A lot of Americans don't know that. Same with the, water. And water. Mm-hmm. And the United States uh, needs a, a, a regular, a fairly inexpensive, reliable supply of oil and gas. And that the, the safest and most reliable of those supplies is Canada mm-hmm. because we're a stable country. We're a friend of the United States. We want to be friends forever. And uh, that's... We need to be really a, a single market when it comes to that. So the more we can do north and south with Canada and the U.S., whether it's free trade or whatever else agreement we have to keep going, mm-hmm. then we're far better off than if we look offshore for our markets. Yeah, definitely so I'm a big NAFTA man. How long do you think <coughs> Canada would last in the United States-Canada war? Like a day? <laughs> Maybe two days? I don't know if, uh, if the Americans decide, you know, the Americans have, uh, they're the most significant military power on the planet. If they put all of their resources into taking over Canada, it wouldn't take long. Mm. And, uh, they don't need to though, because we're already uh, close to them. They already have what they need from us. Mm. They're getting our oil and they're getting our water. We're best friends. We're best friends. And, uh, there's, you know, I don't think. The Americans, the last time they attacked Canada, we showed them what, what happens when uh, <laughs> you know, we, we burn the White House down, and uh, so there. That's right. Uh, I have no idea what we're talking about before that. Oh, do you think there's going to be a World War III um, in your lifetime or my lifetime? Not in the traditional sense, like World War One or World War Two happened, you know, where countries on both sides of the disagreement line up their their armies and dig a trench in between and sit there for years. Uh, No, I I think there might be a third massive world conflict of some kind. It would be brief, probably. It hopefully wouldn't be, but it might be nuclear. Uh, Some, you know, now that the nuclear weapons are falling into the hands of countries that are Mm -hmm. less able to make responsible decisions about when to use them, and those countries know who they are, uh, everybody's at risk. Uh, I look at Israel right now. They're they're very worried because Iran mm-hmm. has nuclear weapons and Iran is close. They're only a few hundred miles away and when they're at, at the closest point. Iran is also very involved in supporting the government of Syria and uh, some militia in, in Lebanon, which is all right on the border of Israel, and they're scared. And up until this latest round, this last couple of decades, the assumption was that Everybody wanted to live as long as possible and nobody wanted to die. But when you're fighting an enemy who wants to die Mm. 
uh, because in dying they think they get greater glory, then that changes all the rules. Well, that really <laughs> so. took uh, the United States by surprise in the 40s when they had to fight Japan. Yeah, Japan, like that. So, so amazingly brave and dedicated mm -hmm. to their emperor, you know, to fly these kamikaze missions. And it must have been a terrible discussion in, in Washington to decide mm -hmm. to, to use a nuclear weapon option to end the war. And that debate will go on for hundreds of years as to whether that was the, the least bad idea. But storming the beaches of Osaka or whatever and trying to take control of Japan by force in a regular pitched battle between mm. troops would have cost millions and millions of lives anyway. So mm. eh. probably more. Like it, probably like it more. Would, it would have cost more lives that way than it would with mm -hmm. the uh, nuclear bombs, unfortunately. And the minute the Japanese were convinced that the emperor could stay in the throne and we would respect the emperor's, mm -hmm. we being the West, uh, the allies, would respect the emperor's uh, at least symbolic power over the country, they were cool. And it's amazing how close Japan oh. and, and the United States are now. Even within a year or two of the war ending. This mm. isn't something that took a long time. You know, when MacArthur, uh, General MacArthur was the first really military administrator of Japan. And from what I recall, and this could be all propaganda by now, but they he was well-liked. He was well-loved. They helped rebuild the country. Mm. The Americans with the Marshall Plan helped rebuild Germany after they were defeated in the war. And that's one difference. When, when the West beats you, they're probably going to give you a hand to help you get back up again. Yeah, so, I think uh, they did that in Korea? Well, I think so, yeah. South Korea, once that all settled, yeah. South Korea became an economic powerhouse. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Oh, okay. And if you, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. <clears throat> all right. Um, if North Korea used a nuclear weapon on South Korea, mm -hmm. what would you think would be the appropriate response from surrounding areas or the rest of the world towards North Korea? I think you could use tactical non, like I don't know, I haven't looked at the military options, but I think they have obviously thought of ways to use tactical non-nuclear weapons to cripple North Korea's ability to have any more nuclear attacks. So, you know, there's certain places where they launch rockets from, and there's certain places where they uh, concentrate the uranium to make the weapon in the first place. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the Americans and the Russians and the Chinese know exactly where those places are. And some well-placed Moab or J-dams. Uh, yeah, I was thinking J-dam. Yeah, mm -hmm. could, could be planted in those places that will cripple North Korea's ability to keep yeah. at it. So I don't think you'd need to respond that way because everybody in North Korea is, an, is a prisoner. And the only people who are making these decisions are a small group and maybe mm. just one guy. Nuclear is not. No. You can't fight fire with fire no. for this one. And f if they did, you know, it would be a horrifying event. Yeah. But what it would do in the long run, it, was, it would end North Korea's ability to remain as an independent country. The, by using that option, they were basically signing their death warrant yeah, as, as, a, as a government. So I don't think they ever will, actually. I think it's a lot of saber-rattling they pulled off quite a PR coup here in the Olympics by sending Kim Jong-un's sister and the yep. cheerleading squad and all yep. that. That's very creepy. But, yeah. you know, they are convincing some people that they really want to play nice all of a sudden. I'm not sure I'm buying it, but uh, Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> uh, next question. What weather-related thing or activity do you like the best? So that could be any, like, I like tornadoes the best. 
Or if you want to go more specific, I like collecting snow the best. <laughs> Definitely don't like that. There's nothing I like better than reporting nil snow. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? <laughs> what weather event do you enjoy the most? It's got to be storm chasing. Oh, yeah. And I don't get to do much of it here in Prince Edward Island because we don't get very many storms to chase. But I was out once or twice last year, um, me and my buddy Bill. We were out storm chasing or mm -hmm. hoping, a, not not so much chasing the storm, but hoping the storm would find us because it's PEI. <laughs> it's hard. You it's can't keep driving. No, yeah, it's hard. You get wet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but when I lived in New Brunswick, when we all lived in New Brunswick, uh, and a big supercell would come nearby, I would often, and you'd sometimes pile in the vehicle with me, oh, yeah. we'd go up or down the road and, and find a good spot to watch the storm. Absolutely. And it was great. We've almost, almost been hit by lightning a few times, actually. Yes. Oh, that one time up there on the uh, That's on the, the hill, closest, swims I think. Hill. I think that's the closest I've ever been. Although I'm quite confident that lightning hit your tower in the back of the house or somewhere nearby. I remember that we were out in the, we used to call it the sun porch, mm -hmm. which was just like an, a room that we walked into uh, coming into the house. We were out there and it was like it shook the house. Like it felt like an earthquake. Like it must have hit the tower behind the house or something. Like I know the tower was grounded, but... It was grounded. It didn't and hit any trees around yeah. us. So and none of my radios got blown up, so I'm guessing it probably wasn't the tower, but it might have hit a tree or or just hit the ground. Sometimes it'll go right by a tower and go right to the ground. What if it hit the house? Could have hit the house. We have, we have lightning rods in the house, and it could have gone to ground through one of the cables on the other side of the house. I don't know. Like, But I, <clears throat> I remember that feeling. I've never felt anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like even when we were up on that hill next to Lori and Ricky's house. Yeah, Swims Hill. Um. Like that was loud. Mm -hmm. Like we were in a vehicle, so it's a little yeah. confined, but yeah. like it could still feel it. But that, the one at home, like yeah. I've, I had to change my underwear almost. <laughs> there was some sphincter tightening. Yeah, at the... it was bad. <laughs> uh, next question. What's your favorite state? Oh, wow. I have different favorite states for different reasons. Uh, my favorite state to spend time in is New Hampshire. I just think it's. Has it's... anyone ever said that? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I'm just joking. Yeah. New Hampshire's a lovely state. New Hampshire's gorgeous. Yeah, it it's beautiful. Especially in the fall. It's tax-free, which is a big yeah. a big deal. Uh, the cheapest booze in, around. Did it, you know that there's no sales tax in New Jersey on clothes? I did not. At least the last time I was there, that was the case. That's but. cool. Yeah. Now, if the question is, if you could only live in one United States for the, uh, one of the United States for the rest of your life, where would you there's, live? That's not the question because there's so many, yeah. like, apocalyptic implications there. Like if there was a zombie apocalypse, what state would you want to live in? That totally changes my answer, so. Yeah. I, I think Florida is, because of the climate, I think Florida would be a big thing. I hate winter. I just hate it. Yeah. I'm, I like summer. I hate winter. And I'd even be satisfied with, you know, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, don't mind it snowing once in a while, but it's gone the next day. I'd mm. be cool with that. But uh, my favorite state overall, and that's the state I've spent the most time in in my life, is New Hampshire. I also love Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, love, uh, I love New York State. I've spent a lot of time in New York yeah, State. New York State's awesome. Growing up in Montreal, we were in upstate New York very frequently. It's pretty populated, though. It is. is it? Yeah, but if you get upstate, like up in the Catskills, up mm -hmm. in the Adirondacks, Finger Lakes area, there's lots of rural uh, emptiness. Finger Lakes? Finger Lakes. Yeah, near Shemung. I f assume they're shaped like fingers. Uh, I think you'd assume correctly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the fingers of a hand. There's four or five uh, of them. Otherwise, why would you call them? Like, is it 
Is there like a, a the people mur- aren't a mur- mean a the murder pe- story? No, the people aren't mean and give you the finger. No, I'm in that area. No, no, I, maybe I, like people murder people and cut off their fingers and throw them in the lakes, and there's always <laughs> floating fingers or something like that. Great imagination, yeah. But the Corning, Elmira, uh, Shemung area—that's where Watkins Glen is. Ah, it's in the Finger Lakes. So that's where the, uh, yeah, that's where mm-hmm. some art, car racing tradition there, and also uh, beautiful nature and and uh, lovely scenery. Nice. Yeah. Couple more questions for you. Why does Stranger Things scare you so much? I don't know. I, and the viewers and listeners might need a little background here. Stranger uh, Things has been around for a while. Yeah, don't release any no, no. spoilers in case someone hasn't watched no. it. But And it's been around for a while, and I've heard nothing but great things about it. And I've seen, you know, award nominations for Emmys and things. For, you know, i got to watch this. But I don't really gravitate to shows that feature kids. No offense, kids, but I just don't, kids, I don't find kids interesting enough to watch on television <laughs> with my spare time. I don't have very much of it, so I like to allocate it appropriately. Right. Like so there was Jeopardy. Yeah. There was one, you know, kind of rotten day weather-wise, and I had nothing to do or decided I was going to do nothing, more likely. And I said, oh, okay, I'll see what this is all about. And Stranger Things is a show about an unknown thing. Uh, for a while, it's quite unknown. I still don't know what the basis is. Because you haven't all. finished. I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. I've only f- watched all of season one and the first one or two shows of season two. Right. But wh- whatever the <laughs> the thing is, whenever it manifests itself, even by inference on TV, my skin just crawls. And I'm not like that. Yeah, things don't usually scare no. you or anything like that. No, I'm... Very scientific. I, I know everything has a reason, but this thing here, man, I don't know what it is, but I get just goosebumps go racing up and down. It's just crazy. I watched a movie recently called The Ritual, which is, a, I think, a British movie, but it's filmed in uh, Sweden, in, like, unpopulated Sweden, in the middle of the woods. It's about four hikers who... Um, need to take a shortcut through the forest because one of the people injured their ankle. Do they split up? Uh, they actually don't. And this is why I like it because I, I actually hate scary movies for that reason. Yeah. This, this is, it's so well done. Like it's, it's scary. I get scared the crap out of me actually. <laughs> but I think you'd like it because it's not the typical scary movie. It's very well directed and it's not the cheesy Special effects. The special effects are really, really good. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty high budget. It's on Netflix, and it's it's kind of about voodoo is not the right word. Um, uh, witchcraft, I guess, a little bit, but not not really. Basically, they come across this house. They hear stuff around them and stuff, but they go in this house. There's medallions and wooden carvings hanging and stuff, and they feel like oh, we should not be in here. We should not sleep in here. They do. They have bad nightmares. It's, lots of stuff happens. It's <laughs> like it's, it is scary. And I haven't been, I haven't watched a scary movie. I haven't watched a movie in a long time that scared me. And that's one of them. It's probably the first time in seven or eight years. Hmm. The last movie before that was called Pair, Pair. Paranormal? No, 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 no. It's a space movie called Parallax. Pay. It wasn't Parallax, it had a, but it was like that. It was like something X. It was, it was a space movie. That scared me. But it was, I, I, I know you're not going to watch it, but you should watch it. 
so we can t- talk about it. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys like scary movies, please watch The Ritual on Netflix. Yeah. The thing I don't normally like about scary movies is the boo thing, you know, because although in answer to a question, my favorite kind of comedy that we had on the uh, mail time or on the, uh, you know, question, the, 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 the fish, I like watching people get scared. I hate getting scared myself. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that kind of scare I don't like. Uh, you know, boo. And, and Stranger Things has some of those which I don't like, mm. and but when I know it's going to happen, like because there's always the music will ramp up or yeah. someone will turn a corner thinking, oh, okay, and just the minute they relax because it's not there, then it shows up behind them. Yeah. Like, and I know what's happening. Yeah. And and again, I get goosebumps all over the place. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> but it's, but like in um, almost anything, like even, well, we never did the movie review of watching the latest Star Wars. Oh, no, we didn't. I forgot about that. But there was a couple of places there because we're in the shaky seats and something's about to happen. All of a sudden, not only do you get the visual and the audio, yeah, yeah, yeah. your friggin' ass gets kicked, you yeah. know, when the, the, the seat starts moving. That was cool. Uh, I guess I'll keep this kind of on topic, kind of not. Do you believe in aliens? Uh, the way you've put the question. Uh, do you believe that hard. aliens have visited us? I'm not even sure I could say that. I think we've been visited, but I'm not sure it's aliens. Oh, this is interesting. Go on. I think that the only people who are the only beings that would really care about watching us is us, is us mm. from the future. I think sometime, at some point in the future, we discover time travel and we go back to document, record, uh, look at history of what's happening now. And when we see a UFO today, it's not an alien from another planet. It's a human from the future who's uh, doing a history project. Interesting theory. I'll disagree because I think time travel only goes ahead and not backwards. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a debate for another time. <laughs> um, do you believe in ghosts? I don't believe in ghosts that haunt houses and live in places, mm-hmm. you know, and that get seen in closets and that kind of thing. I don't really go for that. But I'm not so sure that there's not uh, like a guardian angel thing going on uh, okay. from the, the recently departed might in some way have a way to influence our, our lives, uh, the lives of the people that they cared about. But that's as far as I go with it. I don't think about it deeply and I don't, I don't uh, obsess about it. But sometimes things just are so darn coincidental. It's just hard mm. to, to attribute that to chance. And that you, th- you know, at least in my case, I think that there is, it would e- be easier to explain if there was some hand guiding something in the background. So. Yeah, I agree. To answer the, I didn't answer the first question. I do believe in aliens for the record. Okay. Uh, not future, like I'm sure future us might try and come back, but I don't think that's possible. When and you, like, I, and I don't disagree that there are aliens out there. Like, let me be clear about that part. The distance is the issue. The distance is the problem. With the, with the billions of stars and billions of galaxies over billions and billions of light years or whatever, just even by chance alone, Mm. there are probably not only sentient life forms out there, but there are probably sentient life forms out there who look a lot like we do. Mm -hmm. Maybe. If you look at all the different ways that life forms can develop, Mm -hmm. we're a carbon-based life form, but there might be a some other 
uh, substance-based life form, potassium-based life form, sure. selenium-based life form, I don't know. So they're going to look so different and have different environments. But it's almost impossible statistically to declare with any degree of certainty that there's no other life anywhere else in the universe. That's just mm. crazy. So then if you accept that there's life elsewhere in the universe, then how does that life travel so far and and to be able to study other life, I, I, that's the problem with me. It, it, it's the, so vast. Like the closest star to us is what, Cirrus? Uh, no, it's uh, Proxima Centauri, oh, right. which is about 4.3 light years away. Like so it would take an unfathomable, unfath that's a word I can never say. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. And still, still can't say it. Not bad. Uh, it would take a crazy amount of time to get there with today's technology. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the future, and you want to do some whole wormhole stuff and yeah and that's the only way this would this ever work folding of space yeah if you can find a wormhole or a seam in space and then slide through there and come out the other end in one piece mm. yeah. is that gopro still on i can't really tell it like, may have died um sorry uh, sorry visual listeners if it has died so if it did then you're just going to put up a still slide of the rest of us or oh i'm going to just all audio explain it so if you have a sheet of paper and you put one finger on one edge of the paper mm -hmm. and the other at the other edge, so it's top and the bottom, and you look at the distance between the two fingers, mm -hmm. then that's kind of like space travel today, space travel in the future. If you fold the paper on top of each other so the edges are on top of each other and poke a hole through the paper, that's kind of like wormhole traveling. Mm -hmm. It's the calculation of coming out on the right side is the problem. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, or I don't even know if that's the other hand, people easily understand the concept of a globe. Like we live on a globe. And really? if we... The world's not flat? There's still people out there who think the world's flat. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> but if we strike out in any direction and go far enough, we'll come back to where we started. That's how a globe works, right? Mm -hmm. If you go due north and go all the way around the North Pole and around the other side and come back, you're going to come back to where you were. It's going to be a journey that takes about 24,000 miles and it will take years or depending on how you do it, but you'll come back to where you started. And if it's the next time you try it and you go east and you go as far as you can go, you'll come back to where you started from the west. Mm -hmm. That's easy to understand. I picture, and I've not read this anywhere, but I picture the universe as us being on the inside of a globe. So we're a little marble. Picture a big beach ball. So like Men in Black, the end of Men in Black when... Maybe. The zooms out of the the galaxy i don't remember and some aliens playing with marbles oh cool i don't remember yeah but picture us as a marble on the inside of a blown up beach ball okay mm -hmm. and that marble goes or, or someone leaves that marble and goes in a straight line they're going to follow the curve of that beach ball inside all the way around and come back to the marble so i think similarly to the three-dimensional globe that we're on the outside of i think we're also in the inside edge of a three-dimensional universe globe so if we took off straight off the North Pole and went for as long as we possibly could for billions and billions of years, years we come back to the South Pole. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And I think that, I think that... What's on the other side? Ah. Oh, well, you just poked a hole through it with your paper, but uh, I, I don't want to know. That And that's the whole thing about religion. Like, I don't want to have a religious conversation, but if you look at the science... We evolved from stuff. Well, who made the stuff? And if it's not, don't talk about living stuff, 
talking about material stuff like rocks and all that stuff. Well, who made that stuff? And you talk about space, which is nothingness or dark matter or whatever. Well, who made that stuff? Mm-hmm. Where did this stuff come from? Well, I'm saying there's a big bang. There's a big bang, but what happened? But where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> In the billionth of a second, just before the big bang, what was there? Yeah, like wh- was it just a little thing, a dot? But, but where did everything? That, <laughs> yeah. But where did that come from? Then where did that come from? Like, yeah. It's so I, although I'm not religious, I have questions. I have so many questions. So well, then go to church. Uh, religion's not the answer for me. I'm too <laughs> far gone. <laughs> uh, last question okay. of this bonus podcast which is similar to what we've just been talking about. And I think we had a brief conversation about it mm-hmm. before. Do you believe in Yetis or Sasquatches or abominable? Uh, abominable ab- snowmen? I can't, that's another word I can't say. Abominable. Abo- I, you I, can't say it either. Well, I, I could until just now. <laughs> abominable. No, that's not it either. Well, it's not abdominal. No, it's not. Um, so you're asking me if I believe in a humanoid creature that walks the earth, that's covered yeah, in hair, Bigfoot. that we don't know about yet, yeah. that lives in the mountains. Yeah. No. Why? Because I have yet to see one, or his footprints, or his turds. <laughs> you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> Maybe not. If you walk in the forest, you'll find a turd. <laughs> if there's something I've learned in this world, you'll find a turd in the forest. Yeah, but it's usually going to be shaped... <laughs> In some way that I I might recognize that what left it like mm-hmm. I know what a what a bear turd looks like mm-hmm. or did, a rabbit or did you ever hear the joke about the uh, this will be good yeah, uh, there was a, a poster I saw someone faxed to work one time when I was well probably fifteen years ago well you just teaching. said fax so faxed, I knew yeah. it was a while ago yeah well, fax is still in use by the way but anyway uh, this thing came in by fax from a friend of someone in the staff room and it was a a directive in Western Canada to tell people how to recognize if there were blackberries or grizzly bears in your area and what to do. So the first part of the thing was how to recognize black bears are in the area. Mm-hmm. You will see turds that have grass sticking out of them. They will be round like pool balls or whatever, and they will be scattered here and scattered there, and you'll see footprints that look like this and footprints that look like that. In the event that you think you're in the area of black bears, you should wear bells around your neck, little jingly bells, and use pepper spray. Now, how do the grizzly bear, how can you tell a grizzly bear turd? A grizzly bear turd looks roughly the same as a black bear turd, but it has bells in it and smells like pepper. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've heard that before, but it was a while ago that I heard that before, so uh, I appreciated the comedy all over again. All right. Uh, yeah, I believe in Yetis, man. Do you? Yeah. Like why? W- what evidence do you have of any kind that there is such a thing as a Yeti or a, an abdominable snowman? There's just too many, there's just too many factors. Like what? There's too many. Name me some. Have you seen one? I'm not talking about, I've seen footage that claims to be legitimate. I'm not talking about the seventies footage of Gorilla Man. Recent stuff. And even I'm, I'm super skeptical, skeptical about all of that stuff, but I still believe there's just, there's too many, there's too many things that happen in the forest that aren't explained. If you go out in the woods today, (laughs) you're in for a big surprise. I, I genuinely think. Really? Yep. The only thing that really bothers me about the whole situation is that we've never found a a body. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're creatures like us, they live and die. Maybe they bury 
each other, which is a thing, I guess. But there would have to be at some point one that died on its own, didn't get buried, and we find it. Hasn't happened. And it hasn't happened. And that's what bothers me. But I still believe. I want to believe. That's fine. That's fine. Like there, there's there's people who believe in things that are far less <laughs> likely true. to happen than than that. So yeah. nothing wrong with you. But <laughs> I, I'm I, I wonder sometimes about you, not about Yetis. <laughs> uh, all right, that's the uh, that's the last question. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. I I should ask questions of you more often. Yeah, the hard part about people asking me questions is I can look at them beforehand. Mm-hmm. I know what they're going to be, and sometimes I forget. I can think of the last Twitter. Amy, there's a question I hadn't, I didn't have an answer prepared for at all. But uh, if you guys are still listening to this for whatever reason, if if you have no lives at all, <laughs> if you want to hear us do something like this again in the future, uh, maybe we can do it on more post to post instead of post to post. Sure. So we can do it on on our second channel, more more post to post. If you if you want us to do something like this in the future, have a genuine conversation, have some laughs, talk about life talk about views on stuff um let me know down in the comments uh on youtube send me an email tweet me a tweet uh instagram me a message facebook me a comment whatever social media terms you want to use let me know and we'll make it happen not every week because it's a time-consuming process to produce Mm -hmm. um but if it is something you're interested in please let me know i because we can do it easily in the future. Oh, yeah. There's always things to talk about. So Never stops. Never stops. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys very much for for listening or watching as long as you could until GoPro died of this bonus podcast. Sorry that it wasn't hockey-related, but gave you a little bit more of an opportunity to see into who we are and what kind of crazy people we are and our views. And uh, if, you, if you like us, I'm assuming you're still listening. <laughs> if you don't like us... I don't know why you're listening, but <laughs> anyway, thanks guys for, for watching. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys are having a good weekend. Um, or depending on when you listen to this, it might be Monday. So I hope you have a good start to your week. So any final thoughts before I say goodbye? Um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's, I think there's a, a, a space to be filled in the podcast world of just a couple of dudes talking calmly about things, even if they don't agree on those things. There's no yelling and there's no screaming. Mm. And this is the kind of podcast I like to listen to when I listen to podcasts. Anything that's not going to, you know, get me too stirred up. And uh, We'll have so. to get Chris in here. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. He's got some interesting views on stuff. I bet he does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, get him in here. Yeah. That, that would be gold. Gold. Um, oh, you don't have Monday off, do you? I don't. No, uh, as a federal government tweep i uh, mm. don't get that holiday that islanders get so I, yeah he has monday off does he we could have mm. done it monday you you guys can still do one monday that's what we'll do yeah that's what we'll do that'd be great i don't have to be here i, I in fact if, if i wasn't here then i could watch it like everybody else and have more fun that's true yeah <laughs> all right uh thanks guys for listening and watching i appreciate it hope you guys have a good day and we will see you in normal post to post videos in the future adios, adios.